Here we go. Welcome to episode 76 of Look at My Records. I'm really happy to welcome Charles Newman to the program. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good, Charles, most recently, you were the music supervisor for the new indie film starring Molly Ringwald, right? That's right. All these small moments. But you do have a pretty extensive background in music, especially in the New York City area. Um, I read that you're the founder of the Delhi Magazine, right? I am. And that's really awesome because it's still a very important publication, especially for local musicians in New York City and up and coming musicians to get that kind of press. So that's really awesome. Cool. And you're the founder of Mother West Recording Records, and it's also a studio. Yeah, it started as a studio, turned into a label, you know, emerged into what it's a mutate, keeps mutating into. And you're a recording engineer. You've uh, worked uh, with the Magnetic Fields, Stephen Merritt, the Davenports, and also Thursday, I read. Oh, yeah, Thursday. Yep. Yeah, and they just re-released the record I did. The waiting, right? Yeah, the Waiting EP. <laughs> the waiting EP. <laughs> 15 years later. Yeah. Like, And I listened to it, I'm like, which song did I... I didn't record all of it, but I recorded two or three songs, and... I listened to it and I kind of can't remember which ones. Like, they kind of vaguely, it's it's a bit of a blur. It's only been 15 years. Jeez. That's cool. I should go look at my ADAT tapes and, like, kind of revisit that. <laughs> Check it out. Let us know. But tell me, how'd you uh, get your start in music and doing these kind of things, like engineering? You've also engineered the magnetic fields, um, which is really cool. How'd yeah. you get your start? Um, I started officially, I guess... I didn't go to school. To, I was a musician back in high school, and then I ended up going to music school in Boston. I went to Berkeley, and then in Berkeley, I, I was a technology. That was like late '80s in the period of synthesizers, and I was a keyboard player in the '80s, so I should study music tech. So I got into it there, and then I had a lot of friends who were in the MP&E program, which was the music production program. So I started getting opportunities to go in the studio with them and record you know the band i was in and at berkeley we started going in and recording things and there were friends in the film scoring department that also had film projects and then you know i got to like write and compose music using all the synths and keyboards and then bring that in the studio so sort of all that spawned me getting into like just kind of all the kind of technology and recording and stuff then from there, I ended up, you know, I did that all through college. I was in a band, and me and my band at the time, we moved to New York. Please? Yeah. Well, we weren't called Please at the time. Um, we were originally called Liquid Symphony. <laughs> <laughs> we were very Peter Gabriel and Sting-influenced <laughs> mashup. Um, of course, with the Beatles, Zeppelin, and every other classic influence mixed in. But um, then we... Um, we had we came and we kind of went through our funk metal chili peppers faith no more phase and we were doing that for a little while and then that band kind of circled back though to more pop oriented yeah no and then it then we went through you know with grunge era came and you know we loved all that but then that band sort of we ended up on the empire record soundtrack in 1995 so that was kind of our alternative pop and that's where we sort of mixed our song style with all the psychedelic we love the flaming lips we love sonic youth all the bands of that period um and during that whole time we had like a studio we lived upstairs and we had a studio downstairs and it started with like my four track and adats and then eight track and then it kept building and you know gear kept getting better and one point i had a 16 track one inch machine linked up to two d88s linked up to an eight channel pro tools you know pre pro tools rig 
Um, and it just kept emerging. So through all that, I just kept working with more and more people. I got into that hardcore scene and did a lot of New York City hardcore bands. And so I worked with Thursday and Eyeball Records was my friend's label. Yeah. And so like bands like Breakdown and I did demos with H2O at one point for one of their records. I helped them organize stuff to get to um, Epitaph at the time. Um, and sort of around little soon after that, I, I had met some musician guys who were kind of hooked up with the Magnetic Fields people, and I, I got entered into the chamber folk pop world, and I started veering away from the rock. Yeah, it's... And I started shifting to only wanting to play gigs where I could carry a pump organ and a glockenspiel and, like, put it in a cab and no more renting vans. <laughs> How do you change and adapt to that? Like, engineering bands like H2O or Thursday seems like it has to be significantly different than working with Stephen Merritt or um like I that. mean it was welcome at the time because I think like I started realizing that you know really loud music and the and it just is not great for your ears as an engineer ultimately and you know not that you have to turn it up but we were in a small space you know we would you know the bass amp would rumble the entire building every time we'd be like doing the bass for those tracks um but I think it just feels a natural progression, you know. I was, I always love like strings, and you know, I love like you know, she's coming home and these Beatles, you know, beautiful songs that I grew up with. And all of a sudden, I have people that are like wanting to record cellos and violins, and then you know, and I, being that I had background in that, I studied music. I could start writing parts with MIDI, and then start you know, started doing more string arranging, and it just sort of merged into like a whole another world of like really song-driven. Um, you know stuff and even bands like low i worked with them wow. a little and Very friends cool. with we played with them and you know they mix up and they're just like it's still guitars bass and drums but it's just atmospheric and beautiful and you know and melodic and so i sort of like went in that direction and from there kind of fell into some more americana and alt country and all that stuff was kind of became started getting bigger and now to this day i just do whatever like i mean i still i still don't do tons of big rock stuff though for film scores and certain projects i will i mean i'd love to have a reason to do like 10 layers of dual rectifier if i can like tracked but um that's not doesn't come that often in the kind of stuff i work on interesting so you do film scores but on this most recent project for this film you were the music supervisor for all these small moments what does that involve and have you done anything like that before i know you curated the soundtrack right yeah i mean i kind of fell into that because i, I met the one of the producers at sundance um a year before or something and we kept in touch i sent her some music and then she got in touch saying hey our director likes one of these songs and and then we started to talk about licensing some songs to them but then i found out that like the composer was supposed to be the music supervisor but he kind of had his hands full he was like doing the score doing the score mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there was like like all these songs they wanted all the legalities and all that stuff and and then trying to find more songs so i sort of just like fell into like oh, getting that you know they hired me to be the proper supervisor then i met the composer then we all then me and the director and him started talking about um you know how the score and the song should all sort of have the same spirit and i saw what he was doing it was very like acoustic guitar bass mandolin piano sort of like indie folkish sounding stuff which kind of melded with the cross-section what we were you know what she had tempt in so far and new stuff we were trying to add in there so then we just started work going back and forth finding the right songs um 
which led to ended up that you know recording the score I ended up getting the gig to then also record the score. We went into like a nice studio with the players, put, you know, we did about 22 cues in a 12 hour session. Um, and then I mixed it and did all the editing at home with him. And, you know, it all, you know, I sort of oversaw it all at that point. So you're working a lot with the guy that composed the story, Dan Lipton. Was Dan Lipton, name? yeah, Dan, Dan Lipton. yeah, he's an amazing, like, um, just, He's, you know, he's done all this Broadway theater stuff. He was a music director for Sting Show, and Sting had that show on Broadway. Um, he's, he's one of the band leaders in the band's visit right now. And um, he's just a really great musician, great piano player. You know, we, he, you know, live we were doing, like, piano and Mellotron and Glockenspiel and, you know, some synth mixed with, like, you know, upright bass and percussion. But he had it all, like, you know, super educated. We charted out. Everything was notes on the, you know, generally everybody followed the score with a little room for improv. And what did the creator have as far as being involved in supervising the music and the score do you also have to collaborate with her to kind with, of yeah with, the, the, with the melissa the director feel? yeah she um so her and dan would go back and forth with like with like subtle things like like getting into like note choices you know that's a little too dark that's a little too bluesy that's you know he would he would get I mean, there were you know they were going back and forth between them before we did the actual recording of the score I was more overseeing like how the score would like where the score would land like it would end here and then the song would come here and and you know why doesn't the score stop there or you know this feels empty can we can maybe we can move that piece or something so I would kind of have my input like that I have the benefit I feel like with being a music supervisor that also knows tech is that I can like put the movie into my pro tools and I can look at all the the wave files yeah. and i can move things and i can try things and i could send clips back to the the director and be like what do you think of this as opposed to just like send the song and be like think imagine that it's going to land there and that's so fascinating so, so it makes my job pretty easy how much does it involve actually really studying the film and understanding what's going on to lay out the score and decide what tracks are involved i mean <clears throat> It's kind of all, it's like a kind of a work in progress and i mean some films i've you know i've been on different kinds of projects in different capacities but some films they put a temp score in they cut in just like library music or whatever to get the mood as they're editing and then they go okay the movie's all edited now let's give it to the composer and you have three weeks to do a score a month or six weeks to write your score and record it this case you know as they're editing he was like getting scenes and then he would edit and i was getting scenes and it's like do we need something in this piece and i want kind of an up-tempo song that kind of like this with maybe some lyrics like this or so we would just try different things and you know you just keep kind of whittling away at it and, and you know, the editor drops something in they leave it they step away for move on to another scene come back even the opening title song you know we um it landed in there early on with this guy Michael Flynn from the band Slow Runner, and that's a song. Did you great song? Yeah, that's really song. good song. That's probably my favorite on the soundtrack. Yeah, so say. that song landed on there quick, and you know there was a lot of people who have say producers and all the people, and so people are like, like it. We really like it, but we're not sure if it's it. We're not sure, and then they do a little test screenings, and I mean early on they'll show like rough cuts to like certain people involved and. It stuck all the way through until it was finally like, okay, that's the final song. So 
some stuff is like background music is not as hard to be like oh that yeah that fits that's cool i like that mood but i was always like it's got to be good songs we're gonna make a soundtrack so we can't just put something that sounds good buried in the mix and then (laughs) when we like put it on the soundtrack or we don't put it on the soundtrack so so when you're going through and you're curating it how do you come up with ideas for what would sound good song wise you'd say like how'd you know that that slow runner song was gonna fit perfectly? she had a reference of something from another film um i'm blanking what it was now it wasn't like a randy newman song or something like that but it was something that it was like a 70s some sort of 70s classic song she was referencing an older movie like an early 80s movie that had like a song from like late 70s or 80s in there so it sort of had that spirit where it was like okay like you know it's a singer songwriter vibe um you know you know male vocal you know simple lyrics so we kind of like pick songs that'll have that yeah spirit Interesting. So, and then and then i mean you could go through like hundreds of songs like trying to figure <laughs> yeah. it out luckily we only went through about like 10 10 and then i also had a couple of people who tried to beat it and like write some songs so like uh, <laughs> yeah how much well like I, I tell some of the artists i work with hey we have opportunity for this film right now we have this song in but if you want to try to write and something then, yeah, that like has immediately it and then something. yeah they'll, they'll like be like here's a demo how about this and then i'll be like you know send it over and see if like it sparks like that becomes hard because you're listening to a beautiful produced song versus someone's demo so down yeah but you never know people can like you know if if it has the emotional value and attachment you know you can hear it the first time be like i love that it made me cry (laughs) how many of the songs that you curated for the soundtrack were already pre-recorded and were there any that were just written for the soundtrack yeah well the chris the chris gruen song was written with melissa um he wrote it that was a prime example of how there was a song that was put in there um and so it went from like a segment of score it's called coming down coming down around me yeah Yeah. which the video just actually premiered yesterday on elmore yeah that with a video that melissa directed also um premiered yesterday finally and um Anyway, there was a scene where there was like the score was happening and then it got to this really quiet moment or like where Jemima and Brendan are like, you know, going to have this momentary like connection thing. And they had to like get dead quiet. And then the music came back on after the scene, the, the temp track, which was like another artist just the artist they could not afford at all so i was like well why don't you guys i was in the edit room and i remember like maybe you should like you know how you you know waveforms you pull it open so you could yeah put more music like open it up to hear what happens and so we watched it and like the music came in earlier with this vocal part and all of a sudden there was this amazing vocal and this beautiful arc to the scene and we were like wow it should be something like that yeah <laughs> so i went to chris because that style that other song was kind of like what chris does and i'm like dude you should try to write something, something like this. this and i even said to the composer what key are we in and what's the tempo so that way i said don't do it in that you could do it in that key but like maybe bpm or two up so it kind of like feels yeah, like yeah. a shift and um so he wrote this thing and and he sort of his lyrics were you know it's always hard with writers and you you read script melissa the director gave us a description of what the emotion was what the scene was so he kind of adapts that to his how he sees that 
making sense in a song. And he probably got about 75%, 80% of it done. And then Melissa came back and said, these lyrics are a little too spot on, maybe too spot on to this. How about some of these ideas? And they went back and forth a few times and ended up that she kind of wrote some of the key chorus lines that he then adapted and put it in. And she, I made her sign up with the ASCAP and she's a songwriter <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I bet she never thought she'd wind up being a Yeah, so now you guys are officially co-writers. <laughs> that's so, so that's why she that's ended up. So awesome. <laughs> so. Well, you just gave us a great background on that song by Chris Gruen, Coming Down Around Me. I want to play that along with a couple of other songs from the soundtrack and I, you, you also I was going to after that play My Love Will Bring You Back by Slow Runner which we already spoke about how about uh, Echo Courts in the Garden Part 2 that's a great song yeah those guys so the guy in that band Jean-Luc this is like he has two songs he has his song Merlot Number 2 and um or Merlot, Merlot Number 5 um he's he was working on the film as a PA with Melissa on the film and he that was one of those cases where you're in the film business and you're trying to get into the business so you're working for next to nothing as a PA on an indie film and you're like my and the director's looking for music and you say well I have a band <laughs> so he gave her a couple songs and those two songs like she was she loved those two songs one's from his like rock band and the other's from his like solo project and um yeah they ended up two of the key scenes so there were these scenes where like the kids in the movie or like their teenagers are like hanging out and like they're it's like i guess the garage behind their house or yeah. whatever and it was a real question of like what kind of kids are these are these like rock kids are these hipsters are these like what are they listening to and like we were trying to figure out trying like hip-hop then we were trying this and originally she had jean luc's those songs by both that band in there and they ended up sticking again those were like they just felt good it's like there's a thing of them being out of the way like hearing enough of the elements that are like you're feeling it yeah and the lyrics aren't too obtrusive getting in the way of the dialogue so they managed to like sit right in there and then just add it this sort of cool and those are both kind of 60s yeah vibey tunes so it kind of fit fit with all the other stuff so that was really good i love the vibe of that song i also like Gene, It's Just a Ride by Aloud. Yep. Wanted to play that song as well. Nice. Tell me a little bit about this track. Um, that's actually one. So Aloud's a band from Boston. They're from L.A. now, but they were from Boston for a long time. And I was working with them. I actually mixed and kind of produced that. They recorded in Boston, but I helped them do, like, the vocals down here in New York. And I mixed the record. Um, that was a record came out in, like, 2014. And... They just have a really great catalog of a lot of good music and yeah. a lot of good songs. They've had a handful of different really cool placements um, and, and have their stuff in films and some commercials the last few years. So, like, I'm always pulling from their stuff because it's got, like, really... that Again, it's got that 60s, which the theme of this, like, catchy, poppy, retro-y sound started emerging. So we started leaning towards trying to keep it in that vein as we were pitching more songs. So um, that one just landed, and, and that's got a weird the scene. You haven't have you seen the movie? No, I have not. So the movie, there's like a it's like a funny scene. It's right after like um, right after like Molly Ringwald and Brian Darcy James are having they're at the dinner with their kids, and they're just like you know she, he's cheating on her, but they're trying to not say anything to the to the kids, yeah. and then she just kind of lets the cat out of the bag in a really funny way <laughs> and so then it's like a scene where they're like well and it cuts to them like walking home in a line in a dark brooklyn street and like this song just like kicks in with this like weird 
comedic sort of vibe. That's awesome. Sounds way, like perfect time. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. That song, we were like messing with like an edit, like trying to cut like a drum fill at the beginning because it just goes, you know, the beginning is just like, Jing. it just jams right on. So they thought it was like too sharp and too much. We're trying to find different, like a piece to connect it and ended up that I, I think I was in the end, like it's much more effective without the drum roll, just like right on the cut. And it was perfect. So very very cool and then finally an artist that you've worked with a couple of times in the past tom shaner yeah and the song is called joe's airfield yep great song yeah that's actually one that's all melissa so I, at the time i the mother west that's the song that we released 20 1998 i think it's yeah a 20 year old song from an, his old band industrial tp and um <clears throat> I just gave Melissa access to all my drive to my drive to like, yeah. act, like just go through music and listen. So she sort of was randomly looking, and she just like totally fell in love with that tune. And that's in a really key scene. Another like Molly's like this really dark moment, and it's just like Molly on screen, and the song is like really loud and clear. <laughs> Whoa, and this is, yeah. yeah, you got to see the movie now. I'm telling yeah, you all I'm gonna, this. I am gonna watch it. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but uh, I would love to. It sounds awesome. So we're gonna play all of these songs. They're from the film, All These Small Moments, which was directed and created by Melissa Miller Costanzo. Charles right here is the music supervisor. So he curated all of these songs as he just explained to y'all. So we're gonna hear them. We're gonna hear Chris Gruen coming down around on me. Coming down around me. Coming down around me. Tongue twister. (laughs) Tongue twister. And then we'll hear My Love Will Bring You Back by Slow Runner. In the Garden Part 2 by Echo Chords. Gene, It's Just a Ride by Aloud. And Joe's Airfield, which I didn't know was a 20-year-old song, so that's great. Never Oldest know. song on the soundtrack. No, we just, no, we just re- re-released it as a single under Tom Shaner because I think we that record is not even out available on Spotify anymore. So the song is kind of fresh, though. So nice that's a lot what i love about this the music is like you know the music's timeless and doing movie work is great because you always need me i'm working on two other movies that i can only use music from the 90s so i'm like reaching out to all the people i know from the (laughs) 90s yeah you know (laughs) like because it's got to be recorded in the 90s so well here you go all these songs are on the soundtrack from all these small moments enjoy we'll be back That love me send complaint They tell me I'm so close to proving true That sinners can become saints I woke up today To the sound of grey Floating over rooftops turning into rain Tarnished silver in the kitchen drawer We all serve until we wear away 
security instead of being free Is what they sell in hopes that I might stay I woke up today To the sound of grey Floating over rooftops turning into rain
love will bring you back My love will bring you back
Welcome back. We just heard one, two, three, four, five excellent songs from the All These Small Moments soundtrack. Charles Newman, he's here. He was the music supervisor for this film. Just to recap, we heard Coming Down Around Me by Chris Gruen, My Love Will Bring You Back by Slow Runner, In the Garden Part 2 by Echo Quartz, Gene It's Just a Ride by Aloud, and Joe's Airfield by Tom Shaner. All really great songs. Thanks for sharing them, Charles. Really a pleasure to have you here today. And we're moving on to the second portion of the program where you pick some records from my record collection. We're going to talk about them and play them. Starting off with 
Suvian Stevens, 2006 classic. Come on, feel the feel the Illinois. I loved this record when it came out. I feel like I remember whenever I hear songs from that record, I remember time and places from that time for me. So great pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um at this time too. I remember at the last minute, I got tickets to see him at Town Hall for wow. this tour, and it was pretty amazing. And um, you know, what I love about this is, you know, as I said earlier, like I went from being like a rock guy into merging into more of like a orchestral chamber folk pop, whatever mix up. But um, I, I mean, Sufjan just like does the best of all that. Yeah, and this record was a. These arrangements were just like beautiful, and you know, I came to find out soon after that people I knew in different places or had worked on different things. I started reading articles, and you know, just. You know, he's living in Brooklyn, probably not far from where I was living. Yeah. And just, just kind of a, like an extended group of people all just kind of make him, you know, amazing music. But he does it really well. And when I went to that show, it was like, you know, he had a huge, you know, 18-piece band. Yeah. Thing I'll never forget, though, is there was a ma- massive sound issue and like a huge pop. And like everyone in the band dropped their instrument and grabbed their ears. Oh my god. I think that there was a giant moth was about to fly down or something, some stage prop, and it was like a momentary disaster. Oh my god. Never seen that at Town Hall. <laughs> but everyone's recovered and he carried on after that. <clears throat> he looked adversity in the face and <clears throat> went forward. Yeah. Good for you, um, Subian. I mean, you're playing Town Hall, sold out, like, you know, you kind of do whatever the hell you want yeah, at that exactly. point, you know. And you're making a four side, you know, how many, 25, four, two song record. I mean, he, you know, he kind of didn't finish when he did this record. It was supposed to be the first of 52 states, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that. I don't think he got past <laughs> two. Two. He got he gave two. Up. And then he did a BQE thing, from what I right. remember, or something. Though, so his song, though his recent yeah. song for that movie was another, like, amazing, gorgeous thing. Um, for, um, no, I'm forgetting the name of the film. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, so he's still doing it. And you um, picked John Wayne Gacy, right? John Wayne right? Gacy, yeah. I think that's just such a beautiful, emotive... Really I mean, powerful song. Powerful song with the crazy subject matter, what it's about. Yeah. But yet, you don't necessarily feel it. I mean, you do feel it, but it just pulls you in. So, so Yeah, it makes you feel, like, sad about a serial killer. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of weird, but that's the power of the song, I'd say. Yeah. For sure. Cool. All right, and then after that, what well, we got? Prince. We got Prince. You're working on a Prince covers album. Yeah, right so now? I'm just finishing up a Prince covers EP. Uh, um, it's a band called Soft News. It's like a band I've been working with for four, about four years now. We've done a whole series of stripped down style versions. Again, very chamber string, mostly like acoustic guitar strings. Some some of those projects have bigger instrumentation than others. Um, but we just finished like four really beautiful Prince songs that are going to come out in April. Um, and Kiss is one of them. So I've been listening to my slowed down version for so long. I'm looking forward to hearing the back to the original. I haven't heard <laughs> it probably in a while. Like we don't even listen to the uh, There are some of the versions where we'll listen to like a riff and we'll like use like a theme thematic riff that was from the original but in general we just like use the basic melody and lyrics and it's almost like reharmonized even were you involved in this selection of what songs to cover no. are you in the band or no no, no. the artist um it's this one guy eric he 
He's like the main guy. Um, actually, the main background singer, Lorraine Lellis, she actually lives around here. She was in the band Mahogany. She was part of like this kind of group of back when I was working with Magnetic Fields early on in the band. I was in Flair at the time. Um, and this other band, Arctica, she was like, sang on all those records. We sort of reconnected through this project. I didn't realize she had gone to school with this guy, Eric, so it all sort of came together a decade later where him and I started just doing, we're on like the eighth record now. This Prince record is cool. the end of the project. We're like, he's moving <laughs> on to original material now. <laughs> I'm helping him build his studio on Park Slope and uh, he's gonna like start doing it, his own nice. thing. And Very gonna... cool, well I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yep. And after that, Sonic Youth, Dirty. Yep, from Off Dirty. Um, for whatever reason, Sugarcane, when I when this came out, I mean, my, like I said earlier, again, my old band back when was influenced by lots of feedback and grooving, driving, drums and bass, and, you know, that period. And I, we used to listen to this album a lot, and I always remember Sugarcane just being like a... Great rockin' song. Yeah, yeah, and the recording quality, and just, um, I'm not sure who the producer was on it. Oh, it was Butch Vig, yeah, yeah. Duh, of course. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, that sound. I mean, he was the man back then. Yeah. So, it's still the man. It's all. And then wrapping it up with classic uh, mid to late 90s Midwest emo band, The Promise Ring. Great record. Classic. Yep. Classic album. Um, I actually saw this in the collection here, and it just hit me because I remember I, did, I worked with the drummer Chris on a different project, um, and I remember these guys... <clears throat> At the time, I remember this cover, looking at it, and it just like kind of gave me a flashback. And I just remember loving his feel and remembering this band like making their mark. I mean, they didn't last that that long. They did about a couple of records, and then it sort of yeah faded out. out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and there we have it. But there's like a renewed interest in that era of emo music now, so it's all kind of like circling back. Yeah, I feel like everything just keeps. I'm watching it, not like part of it. I mean, I grew up in the '80s, and yeah. then like watching that music seep back in. And I mean, I feel like there's there's music all over the world that is from every era, and there seems to always be fans for everything. Obviously, some are like bigger and massive, but there's if the music and the songs are good and the music's good, whatever style you're doing and if it's you know in these days with the way marketing and this getting the music out there is it's like you can break through if it's good and there's always seems to be a niche yeah i think absolutely you know very well said very well said charles and now we're gonna play these songs that you just talked about by suvian prince sonic youth and the promise ring and then we'll be back to wrap up the program enjoy They adored him 
his humor and his conversation. Look underneath the house there, find the few living things riding fast in their sleep. All the dead, twenty-seven people, even more. They were boys with their cars, summer jobs. Oh my God! Are you one of them? He dressed up like a clown for them, with his face painted white. Best behavior in a dark room on the bed. He kissed them all. He'd kill ten thousand people with a slight of his hand. Running far, running fast to the death. He took off all their clothes for them. He put a cloth on their lips. Quiet hands, quiet kiss on the moon. And in my best behavior, I am really just like him. Look beneath the floorboards for the secrets I have hid. Be my.
right, we're back. We just heard Charles Ziz picks Prince. Well, excuse me. First was Suvion, then Prince, Sonic Youth, and the Promise Ring. Great picks, Charles. Thanks for selecting them right. and sharing them. So sadly, we're coming to the end of the program. What's next for you? You did a great job with this um, soundtrack for this film. You doing any more uh, music supervising on independent films or anything like that? Yeah, so there's two projects um, in the works. One is called Millennium Bugs. Um, take it's, it's funny as both these projects that I'm talking about are take place in the late '90s. One of them, Millennium Bugs, it's um, it's kind of like on the cusp of Y2K when people were kind of freaking out. <laughs> um, that filmmaker, Alejandro Montoya Marin, who was in the Robert Rodriguez show, Rebel Without a Crew. So that's actually, we did a film for that. So he was one of five filmmakers selected to be in this reality TV show where they get like seven grand, the way like Robert got seven, had seven grand to make El Mariachi back when. Yeah. So Robert's company gave all these filmmakers seven grand to make a film with like one crew member. And they lived in a house in Austin. <laughs> they brought him in Austin and they had to go through all the motions. And I was a supervisor on that um, film. And, um, you know, it was, a you know, Alejandro was a good a friend who I met through a band I used to work with. And, you know, it was not, it was a fun gig because it had a lot of cred around that we ended up pulling some serious favors and we got sleigh bells on, a, oh, on wow. in the soundtrack we got um you know band mother feather that i work with yeah. so you know we got metal blade was a label to, to let us use a track in there you know basically we pulled a lot of favors i filled it in with a lot of people we knew that film finally coming to fruition is premiering next monday night on um the l ray network it's network tv premiere so that's pretty cool that's exciting. Very so I'll, exciting. So from that, Alejandro's doing his next film, Millennium Bugs, which he's in the process. He's, he's over 50% funded on his Indiegogo campaign. And, you know, it's 10 times the budget of the last film. Still, a, it's still an indie film, but um, he's a great, you know, director that's going to like, he's a really, really hard worker, super visionary, smart guy. So that's going to be a cool project. And then the other one is a Japanese rockabilly western. <laughs> Um, long story short is, you know, late 90s drum Japanese guy meets a girl in AOL from, you know, stows away on a boat in Japan, makes his way to the Midwest, finds his Courtney Love type rocker chick who happens to be the sheriff's daughter and <laughs> all hell breaks loose in small town Oklahoma when, you know, when, you know, an outsider like a Japanese, they have probably never seen a Japanese yeah. person in that town so all of a sudden a story of subtle story of bigotry and so forth and being an outsider unfolds while it's while it's pretty rocking with the with the music and and everything that goes on that sounds those the love both story. sound like great films awesome. yeah no they're gonna be cool and what's been cool is that they're both 90s they only want 90s music <laughs> um well ultimately and um actually please my band was i think we're gonna be the ones scoring one of the millennium bugs oh that's so cool so i had already given the director some of our music he he loved one of the tracks like off our first record <clears throat> so i think that's gonna be in the film and then i offered up like well why don't we just do all the interstitial music for you and you know we'll use <coughs> you know we'll use our old amps we still have a lot of that that's and we'll use amazing. my old samples and so we'll see how that goes that's amazing and where can people can people get the soundtrack to all these small moments yeah. through the mother 
No, it's online everywhere. Online. Amazon, stream it on Spotify, buy it on iTunes, buy it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah check it out. And speaking of Please, <laughs> the band that you were the keyboard player in, uh, we're going to end the episode with the band's most popular song. Tell me a little bit about it. What, what's it called again? Here It Comes Again. Here It Comes Again. So it's funny, this is full circle. Back to the 90s, there was a posting on AOL that said... Warner Brothers film looking for songs for for soundtrack or something. Send music here. So I took our second CD, which we had just finished, and sent it to this address and with a little sticky, here's music from Please, enjoy. <laughs> Months later, we get the call. Hey, we're considering putting your song on the soundtrack. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, one thing led to another. Next thing we knew, we were recording in downtown New York with Jerry Harrison from the Talking Heads. Um, you know, Tina and Chris came over to listen to our tracks. Oh, and my God. We were like, uh, holy shit. Like, what's going on? <laughs> this is cool. Um, and then, you know, my singer Paul and I got to fly out to LA and we got to spend the day mixing with Tom Lord Algae. Oh, my goodness. And going out for sushi with him that night. And, um yeah and then the movie came out for test market it and went straight to video <laughs> that movie never really came out really i people don't even know it's, it was in the theater for like two weeks yeah, and they so thought it was going to be a though. flop and it became this called, called classic Ted. yeah yeah so yeah now so many you know, people love it yeah so now we have our million selling um you know soundtrack which kind of that was the beginning of me realizing wow there's kind of you can make money being having your songs in movies yeah and that that's still to this day you know the royalty checks are, are minuscule but they keep coming and every six months and it's a nice little token of something that was cool 20 years ago yeah this is a really awesome song and, and i meet 30 somethings we're like i loved your song yeah i was in that band you know this is one window of people between this age group who are like fanatics yeah it's like my generation was more like reality bites and um I think singles was the time. Yeah, reality bites. I remember that movie. Right. Yeah. So, but so definitely coming full circle. You guys may recognize this song from Empire Records. It's called "Here It Comes Again" by Please. Charles, thanks so much for coming on the program yeah, today. Yeah, I had a really, you. really great time. Cool. Thank you. And All here right. you go. Please, what would you put on the CD <laughs> that you sent out? Oh. Here's some is, music from Please. Enjoy. Here's some music from Please. Enjoy. We'll see you next time. Here comes again what's flying in the sky. Here comes again. With a passing grin, I'd love to have a try. Here comes again. I know why it had to be this way. If I had
Let's go.